Hey, Ryan, how do I get project-based learning started at my school? I've gotten some form of this question nearly every day for the last decade from engaged educators just like you. So at Magnify Learning, we've created a free download to get you started. Whether you're a superintendent, principal, coach, or teacher, go to whatispbl.com to get started on your project-based learning journey today. Are you ready to bring project-based learning to your school? The PBL Simplified Podcast will help equip you for your PBL journey with weekly need-to-knows, engaging interviews, PBL showcases from facilitators in the classroom, and PBL leadership episodes to move you towards a successful implementation of PBL. Because every learner deserves to be a part of an inspiring story, and we see daily that project-based learning helps make this happen. If you want me to answer your PBL need-to-know on the podcast, visit whatispbl.com and click on Ask Ryan to submit your question. Hey, PBL Simplified audience, super glad to have you joining me again today. We've got a PBL showcase today, and we've got a need to know. Our need to know is what kind of professional development should I be doing over the summer? And the first answer is you should probably get some rest. Yes, you should do some PD. Yes, you want to grow. Yes, you want to be a lifelong learner, but you also need to take care of yourself. If you're a leader listening, leaders, you need to take care of yourself so that your staff will take care of themselves. They're going to follow your lead. Teachers, as you listen to this PBL Showcase episode, you need to take care of yourself uh, because you just had a rough year. We all did. And there's another one coming. And when you take care of yourself, your kids understand that they need to take care of themselves as well. And it always leadership always flows downhill and self-care is always going to be the first step. So this summer, take a break. Don't do anything. And you know what? I usually take that back actually because you need to do something. Doing nothing doesn't actually count as rest. So read a book, go for a run, pick up a hobby that you haven't had before. Like if you haven't played the guitar in a really long time, you're like, ah, I should have done more. Just pick it up, pick up the guitar, you know, get some new wrinkles in the brain and just enjoy yourself for a little bit, right? Read some, some non-school books or go to the beach and read a book. However it is you do, but do some actual rests. Don't just do nothing. You know, I would encourage you to journal. Uh, It's been a really long couple of years these last two years. Journaling is a really helpful self-care piece. Just put it into words, put it on the paper, what it is you've been feeling. Whatever you've been feeling, it's okay. Get it out there, right? Get some of those things out there and then invite a friend, go have some coffee, right? Do some of those self-care pieces. But I would encourage you to not do, don't do nothing because that's not exactly self-care. That's not exactly rest, right? Though I would also tell you that sleep's really important. There's a ton of research on that too, but that's a whole nother episode. So what do you do this summer for PD? The first thing is rest. The next thing is you need to decide, are you going to jump into like an in-person workshop? And can I tell you that there's some value there in like being with people in person as you're learning, like the camaraderie, the team building, the collaboration that happens, whether it's you at a full like, you and your school going to a PD event live, or maybe you're going to do one with a bunch of educators you don't even know, right? Like increase your professional learning network, like get some more people that are speaking your language that understand where you're at, you understand where they're at. The PD in person, I don't know if you can call it self-care, but it's close, right? Like it's different than virtual. And I think virtual is never going to go away. I think there's a portion of that virtual I can stay at home and learn that I like. 
but you've got to get with people again. That true collaboration comes when you're in the room, you can see body language, you have these small conversations on the side during breaks and those types of things. Those are big deals. So I really love in-person PD. And obviously I'm a huge fan of professional development. That's what I've devoted my life to, but I see people like come alive as they're perfecting their craft because uh, they're getting better. They can see the next year with encouragement and inspiration and they're collaborating with others. They're getting some coaching so they know they're going to be supported throughout the year. And you can just see the optimism and the hope that comes out of professional development. At the same time, you're going to have some downtime. So find some really good books to read. My shameless plug would be PBL Simplified, but that's coming out in January. So you can't grab that. Grab some books that are outside of education though. Right, grab something by the Heath brothers, anything by Dan Pink, right? Grab something that's, uh, I, I love nonfiction, but grab something that's outside of education and just let it mess with your head a little bit. You know, maybe James Clear and the Habits, Atomic Habits book. I mean, that's on fire. Like, grab some of those books and let those stories just speak to you, right? There's some entertainment in that, but there's also some really great learning that you can bring into the education space. From maybe the business space or, you know, SEL or, you know, go read some Brene Brown and find some books outside of the education space and bring those ideas back in. And there's a book called Range that I absolutely love. It talks about the idea of not just specializing in one specific topic, but having a range of different passions, interests, things that you're you're an expert on. And having that range allows you to blend different talents and be better at that one craft that you're really devoted to. So read broadly, pick something off the shelf, ask on Twitter, you know, what are you guys reading? You'll get a ton of different responses because there are some really great books out there that people are really gravitating towards right now. Grab one of those and, you know, dive into it, see where it takes you and just enjoy that ride. And so that's some some options for PD over the summer, right? Rest is number one. Two, find something that's in person, super encouraging. And then three is find a good book, whether it's in education or outside of education, let it challenge you. So that's our need to know for today is what kind of PD do you do over the summer? Our main episode for today is a PBL showcase. And today the PBL showcase is going to come from me. I'm going to share one of my favorite PBL units. And my, one of my favorite PBL units, um, you're going to see it's standards-based. It's got a super authentic problem that we're solving. It gets your learners fired up. It's in the community. It solves a problem. And you know you have all kinds of PBL. If you've been doing this for a while, you've got PBL units that you know, you've done, and but there's always some that stick out, or maybe it's the first one. And this is one that for me that really just resonated with, this is how education should be. Because I saw kids just light up that normally wouldn't, like normally I couldn't get them moving. And even if they did stuff, they weren't really engaged, right? There's a difference in turning things in and getting points and being engaged in your education. And with these community partners that I'll share, I really started to see engagement from learners that I hadn't seen before. And this is just one that really kind of flipped a switch for me. So I love to share it. Um, so I'm going to share it with you. So the genetics PBL unit that I like to share, uh, the summary of it is uh, the idea that every day parents find out that their child has a genetic disease. There's some parent, not every parent, but some parents going to find out today that their child has a genetic disease. They didn't know it was wrong. They got it diagnosed and here they found it out. And as soon as they do, there's two things they want to know. Number one is my child's going to be okay. 
Number two, they want to know everything there is to know about that genetic disease. And this is where we inserted eighth graders. Yes, eighth graders from an urban middle school, large comprehensive middle school uh, that had been introduced to project-based learning. But sure, eighth graders are a very interesting group. They can be apathetic, but they haven't lost all their credits, right? Like if you're a junior and you have four credits, like it's, it's a tough go. But in eighth grade, you still have this chance to make a big move, right? So I always th- look at eighth grade as, as this hopeful time where you can like kind of make this big shift. So that's how I see eighth graders. I love eighth graders. So we insert eighth graders in this situation and we say, hey, eighth graders, how can we best help these parents who just found out their ha- kid has a genetic disease? How can we best help them? You know, we tell them. First, they want to know if their kid's okay. The next thing they want to know is everything they can know about that genetic disease. And they say, well, we could, we could help them learn about that genetic disease. And we give them a list of certain genetic diseases that are in the science standards, right? They're going to learn about the Punnett square. They're going to learn a bunch of English standards. They're going to do technical writing, writing for an audience. They're also going to put this into some kind of a format uh, to share it, whether it's a PSA or a Prezi or a PowerPoint, some piece like that, and some kind of a pamphlet that can go into a doctor's office. So it's standards rich. Uh, We've got a community partner. Uh, So Mike from the Hemophilia Society comes in. And he talks to the kids and he says, hey, this is what's happening, right? This is what we do. This is how we educate parents. And hey, eighth graders, can you carry this torch? He said, well, yeah, Mike, we can. Right? And, then, and they start to get fired up and say, well, yeah, we can do this. And they start to say, well, let's do it. And then as facilitators, we step back and say, well, we're probably going to need to learn some things to educate them. Like how much do you actually know about these genetic diseases right now? And we, we let it sit for just a second. It turns out we don't really know much about them, right? Outside of the biology teacher, right? The science teacher. So they don't know what a Punnett square is. Uh, they don't know uh, the different hereditary traits. They don't know any of these pieces. It, well, do you guys want to learn these so that we can help people? Yeah, we do. We do, actually. I actually want to learn that, right? And one of my student stories um, is Skylar. And you may have heard me tell this one. But Skylar was the kid who did really well in school from kindergarten to like third grade. And then in third grade, he realized that if he didn't do any work, he would still get to skate with his friends and he'd still get to eat several meals a day. So for him, that worked out great. And if he was quiet, then he didn't really get in much trouble. So that's kind of what he did. He hung out with his friends. He skated a lot. But then he got to a project like this, this kind of a PBL unit, and he saw that he could help people. So well, I, I'll do that. And he was the type of kid, like he was not a sleeper in the fact that he would sleep in your class, although he probably would, but he was a sleeper because he would be the kid that halfway through your test, he'd say, well, hey, hey Mr. Stoyer, uh, number 13 on your test is actually uh, like logically incorrect. And you go over and read it and you realize he's right. And you're like, you're failing my class, but you can correct my test. Like that does not seem fair, right? So he's that kind of a sleeper kid. Like if you said right now, if you take a second and just think of a name or two, you can think of a kid who's just underachieving, but you know that they could be excelling in your class. Like, and that's Skylar, right? So he wakes up in, in this type of a PBL unit and he's like, well, I'll do this. And he becomes a great group member. He's a leader, right? He was, he was leading kids uh, at the skate park probably leading them maybe not in the best direction all the time, but he was a leader. So once he's engaged in a PBL unit like this, he's actually a great leader. 
It's like, hey guys, we need to focus on this. This is actually a big deal. Like we're going to present this to an authentic audience. There's going to be nurses, there's going to be doctors there. And then our work actually goes into a doctor's office. So it's kind of a big deal that we're like actually helping people. So let's stop messing around and do the work. And when that starts to come from a kid like Skylar, who's not, you know, typically an A plus student or even close to that, and kids tend to listen. And actually facilitators start to listen. You say, wow, something's happening here. Like something's different. And that's what happened with me. You start to see these learners that were not typically leaders, but you knew, you know, had the capabilities and they weren't perfect by any means. It wasn't like, you know, you weren't going to make a movie out of this. Like it wasn't so absolutely perfect. Like suddenly everything was perfect. Everybody got A pluses, but you could see them try. You could see them start to flip the switch. And then they were open to these conversations about learning and leading and achieving. And it's like, wow, this is why I got into education. Right, like this. This is one of those PBL units that totally woke me up because I used to be an engineer at UPS, and I flipped and went to go teach eighth grade English. And it's like this is why I wanted to teach, and this is why I started just getting enamored into project-based learning, and then wanted to tell anybody that would stop and listen. You know, in the early days of Magnify Learning, we were you know just teachers teaching teachers about project-based learning which is just a really fun way to do PD as well, since our need to know is around professional development. It's just learning from peers. You know, this worked for me. I wonder if it could work for you. Let's figure that out. And in Magnify Learning, we still have some of those same ideas. Uh, the collaboration within a workshop is really important for us. I think that's more important a lot of times than what we bring. We bring the structure and the facilitation so that great learning can happen. And that's what was happening this time when I was implementing this PBL unit. So, we're running workshops. Uh, we've got different schedules going on. I'm running English workshops around, you know, structure, audience, sentence type, doing a lot of tuning protocols to make sure that, you know, the work is where it needs to be, even on like a, the grammar level. So we're hitting the main standards that I needed to hit. And it's just wrapped up in this super authentic PBL unit. So that's that's my PBL unit that I want to share with you for PBL showcase. But I also want to have you reach out to Skylar in some way because Skylar is crushing it right now. Uh, he's out West in California. I think he's traveling the country a lot, but he, he's an Instagram producer. So, you know, he's got the blue check mark. He's got a following. Uh, he's doing courses right now in photography, but he's doing exactly what he wants to do. And he would tell you, you know, and I'd love for you to track him down, go follow him on Instagram at Skylar Wagner. Uh, you can look him up and we'll put it in the show notes, of course, as well. But he'll bring a lot of his learning back to project-based learning. And he'll say, like, he became a lifelong learner. And he's a self-taught freelance photographer. He's got contracts with Valvoline Motor Oil, with Coleman Camping Gear. He's got a ton of these different contracts that he has. He's figured out how to do all of that. He's creating courses. He's creating a life for himself that he enjoys and he wants to be a part of and he's constantly learning and I love following on Instagram because it's always something new that he brings to the table and every time he does that I'm like ah I love that spark and I never taught him photography right like I can't take a ton of credit for all that except for maybe that spark the inspiration to say hey you've got something really awesome inside of you that I think the world needs and we started that back in eighth grade, right? So he's just a 13, 14 year old kid. But it was like, hey, this work's really important. And I think you should be involved in it. And when somebody says that to you, whether you're a kid or you're an adult, and then you create this structure where they can learn in it, like something happens, like it can flip a switch in a kid or a facilitator, right? Like as an adult, it flipped a switch in me when I saw this. And I think part of what happens is with a PBL unit, you have these defining moments where it's go time. 
right? You have a practice presentation. There's some stress to that. But then you have the final presentation and you're working on a real problem and you bring a real solution. And when you do that, suddenly in school, you have this hallmark moment that's possible, right? Otherwise, we're just learning to learn. And we say, oh, well, you're going to need this in high school. Well, why do I need it in high school? Because you're going to need it in college. So now the why is, you know, five years down the road, nobody can see that. Not even as adults, it's really difficult to see. But what we do in project-based learning is now you have this go moment of like, hey, there's going to be a parent in the room who has a kid with a genetic disease and you're going to present your information to her. Whoa, like that, like that's the real work, right? Like that builds like positive, uh, purposeful stress to, to school, right? Instead of like freak out stress if I don't want to get a bad grade or my parents get mad at me, right? Or I don't get to take this other class, like these kind of um, if you will, like these fabricated consequences. And here there's these, a chance for these really positive consequences that are real life and really affect learners and adults, right? When you have a tuning protocol where people are crying because you brought in these parents that have a child with a genetic disease and they love the work that's happening and then your kids, your learners are crying, the parents are crying. Like that's when you've really got the work flowing and that's where uh, we really want you to be. You know, with Magnify Learning, that's where we want to take you. We don't want to just give you a structure and have things be pretty good or a little bit better. Like we want you to find your calling. We want you to inspire your learners to do these these great things. And that's what we're talking about. That's why we share these PBL showcases, right? I shared mine today, but we share them every month. Uh, We bring on a PBL facilitator to share his or her uh, PBL unit uh, to inspire you, right? Not to copy it, but you can always steal stuff, of course. Uh, You can always ask questions, but to really inspire you that, as you do this work, your learners will wake up, switches will be flipped. Um, and a lot of times, not just in your learners, it happens in you. And you're like, wow, this is why I got into this work. And that's a great reminder, I hope, uh, for this summer. You know, read some inspiring things as you're looking at that PD question again that we started with. Like, get inspired again, get fired up. Is the work hard? Yes, of course it is, but it's totally worth it. It's totally worth it. And I know that you have some stories that are the same way. And if I can help share those stories, gosh, I would love to. You can actually go to whatispbl.com, right? It was in the intro. Whatispbl.com. You can put Ask Ryan in there. There's a big button. If you click that, just share your story with me. I'd love to share it on the podcast or have you on to share it. I really want to start sharing some of these stories to help inspire people to to know that that this work is 100% worth it. And as you start to figure that out, of course, you will begin to engage your learners, tackle boredom, and transform your classroom.